in Chicago, Sam Bailey, who has played Mama, forgot to come on stage. She missed her cue, so she didn't come on stage, which left the girl playing Velma on stage, on her own, without anybody to, to, to talk to. So I have a quick change at this point. I, I realise that Sam Bailey isn't on stage and Velma is talking a load of nonsense right now because she's got no one to have a conversation with. So I think, I've got to get on and help her. So I legged it and didn't realise I'd want tit out. Hello, this is your host Graham Rooney and welcome to A Performer, A Pint and A Pod. The podcast where I take you down the pub and we meet a performer, have a drink and find out the tiddly truth you only get in a pub. I'll be chatting to fantastic performers at all different points of their careers, discussing where they've come from, career-defining moments and of course guilty pleasures. All whilst having a laugh and getting a wee bit pissed. Fancy a pint with a pop star? A whiskey with your West End idol? Or a mojito with a magician? Then join me down the pub. So, without further ado, let's head down to the local and see which one of the nation's top performers is in there tonight. Pint please, mate. Thank you very much. This week, I'm joined by multi-talented and absolute delight, Hayley Tamadon. From starring on the West End in huge hit shows, playing regulars in Coronation Street and Emmerdale, to winning Dancing on Ice, she's one very talented lady who's had a cracking career. Hayley Tamadon, hello and welcome to A Performer, A Pint and a pod. How are you? I'm very well. You said my name like Hayley Tamadon. That was amazing. <laughs> well, I, I'm Scottish, so like, that is what happens, know. you know. I felt like I was about to come on stage. That was brilliant. Well, there's many times you've been on stage, so it's not surprising that uh, when you get your name announced that you're expected to come on the stage. I know, but you said it really well. I'm going to like hire you and take you with me when I go places just to hear your oh. announcements. Oh, please do. <laughs> please do. That definitely. Brilliant. Booked a job in COVID. How are you? Um, I'm all right. I'm not too bad at all. Um, well, what, are you, what are you drinking? I'm drinking... A gin and tonic. I want to say it's a real gin and tonic, but it's not. It's alcohol free because I'm on some tablets for a bad back and I'm not allowed to drink with them. So <laughs> instead, I'm having an alcohol free version of gin and tonic, which is actually really nice. Oh, well, what a letdown. What a letdown <laughs> on a performer, a paint and a pod to have a non alcoholic drink. Well, wait, um, am I the first? No. Um, we've actually, we've, we, the last person I spoke to, uh, had a, had a, a coconut flat white. So <laughs> uh, you're a lot better than that. Um, no, I came in with an alcoholic type drink at least. Um, but yes, it's sadly got no alcohol in it, but it still tastes delicious. Well, I think like the strange thing I think that's happened is, I don't know about you, but I think over the last 10 years, it's changed that like performers used to be straight to the bar. Like, I mean, like there was a lot of performers who were already drinking mid show 
Um, but like <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah, I know. But now it's changed quite. But there's a lot of um, there's a lot of kids coming out of drama school that not drinking at all. They got to keep lean and everything. They're very healthy. These youngsters, um, more healthier than than when I left drama school. But that was many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, no drama, drama school for me, which was many years ago as well. I mean, that was that's where you earned your stripes as a drinker. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I really? drink until six o'clock in the morning and then just get up and start all over again. I mean, back in the days where you could do it, you know, that, exactly. But um, and then I got a hole in my vocal cords and I had to stop drinking completely. <laughs> God, really? I did. I, yeah, I did. I mean, I, this is a—it's quite horrendous, really. I um, I I drank quite quite a lot, as we did when we were nineteen, twenty years old. And yes. um, I, I used to drink really cheap wine and vodka, and I burnt the lining of my vocal cords, and it created mm. a hole, a little gap in my vocal cords, and um, I had to take a year off, and it taught me a huge lesson. Let me tell you. Um, well, there's the first <laughs> lesson of the podcast. I mean, maybe any <laughs> anyone listening to this with a drink in their hand who is a young performer will be putting it down now and sliding it away. Listen, white wine is is a, the devil for your vocal cords. White wine is awful, and so is cheap vodka. So, um, yes, if you are listening, put those down. Um, but I took the year off. I didn't drink. I didn't sing. I wasn't allowed to do anything. And then when I started back, I was um, I was really good, and I just I I didn't drink for a long time, and I've never touched white wine since then. Yeah, I mean it's the it, like, it's the devil's work. You've got. I mean, I've only had in my whole time of drinking, I've had w- once. I had half a bottle of white wine and I was absolutely bladdered. Yeah. I was completely gone. Yeah. And it was just half a bottle of white wine. So never again for me as well. Nothing as extreme as you. I mean, I just had a headache the next morning. I didn't take a year out of my career. <laughs> that, that was way worse. Um, but yeah. It was an awful year, but um, never again, you know. And then from then on, I, I realized I learned my vocal cords in my life and I have to really look after them. And that was like a proper lesson um and since then thank goodness they've you know they've got stronger and stronger so yeah yeah I mean I was just listening to you there and I was thinking I mean you're a you're a brilliant singer you've got like so many credits that obviously you know are musical theatre and stuff and I was thinking you've got you've got a hole in your vocal cord um, no, so now. It, I got it now. No, 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 that's what I mean. That was so. It's, it's it's fantastic that you made that recovery. Yeah, but shocking. Um, about uh, drama school. Uh, it was a uh, Lane Theatre Arts School that you went to, wasn't it? I did. I went to Lanes. I'm a Lanes girl. Oh yes. And is that is that why you're so multi skilled? Would you say? P- potentially, possibly. Yeah, I think. Um. Uh, I, I I went to Lanes as a dancer. That's all I ever wanted to be. When I was um, a child, it was just dancing, dancing, dancing. Um, I never had a singing lesson at all until I went to college. I was just a bit of a, a one of those kids that could belt. You know, I sounded like Bonnie Langford as a child. You know, that's kind of what everyone said I was like. <laughs> and um, and then I went to drama college, and I started off in the dancers course and. In the first few weeks, I injured my back so bad 
that they thought I wouldn't dance again. And um, they took me over to the musical theatre course. And I kid you not, it was it was a blessing in disguise. I always say that. Thank God that that back injury happened, because otherwise I wouldn't have done the act, the acting and the singing and and all of that. And and I got so engrossed in it. I loved it. I loved the musical theatre side of stuff. I mean, it was always musicals I wanted to do, but I just saw myself dancing as a kid. I, I didn't. I, I just wanted to be this famous dancer. <laughs> And yeah. Um, and yeah, and then at sixteen, I I I injured my back and I couldn't I couldn't do anything. It was quite awful. Um, God, we're just talking about injuries at the I moment. Know, I mean, you've like I a have, whole. And... <laughs> I've sustained quite a few over the past twenty five years. Let me tell you. Both were very early on as well. So your back and uh, a vocal cord was very early on in your career. Uh, my, my back injury was at sixteen. Um, and my vocal cords, I was. 21 I think um yeah that was a year out at that age but but before that I'd already left college in um I left college in 96 wow (laughs) and uh I went straight (laughs) to um a a musical called fame quite a famous one there like without (laughs) yes yeah Um, and I did that on and off for a, a couple of years and um and then after that is when uh, I found the hole in my cords. Yeah, so a year off after that, but then it got better, and 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 you know, lots of other things came along. So it's all good. Well, I mean, I have to say personally, I am extremely happy uh, that you did do your back in at the age of sixteen, because, <laughs> like you say, that moved you into the singing and into the acting. Now, obviously, I do a bit of research for the show and one thing I found that I did not know about you and yeah. like there's a lot obviously that you you know about people when they come on the show naturally that you've just seen over the years yeah I however did not know that you did celebrity stars in their eyes <laughs> as Lulu <laughs> and yeah. you were fantastic oh god um, Oh, the things that crop up, honestly, over the years. You were so good. And I have to, another little side note here. Uh, my mum was in Lulu's class at school. So, you know, all sorts of connections here. That is a connection. Um, I met her as well. Because um, I did, when did I do that? 2005, I think. Um, and I won it. And afterwards, I think Lulu was on my... Was it Michael Parkinson's show or a show or maybe Graham Norton or someone? I mean, they're completely two different people, but it was, it was a so show like it's, that. I, it's, it's always a, it's a toss of a coin. You're never sure if it's Michael Parkinson or Graham Norton. It was, Everyone, everyone's confused. It was a show like that. And um, they played the clip of me doing her to her. I couldn't believe it. And she said, oh, wow, she does sound just like me. I was thinking, oh, my gosh, that's so embarrassing but yeah oh, no honestly that especially that opening note I, like look anyone who's listening to this go youtube it <laughs> have a listen because there is many a pit our stars in their eyes was it was huge when we were like a bit younger wasn't it? it was yeah. massive saturday night television yeah and there was a lot of people who came through those famous doors who were not anything like <laughs> nothing like who they just said they were going to be. <laughs> um, but you were buying on it, absolutely buying on oh, it. Oh, thanks, mate. Thank you. I appreciate oh. that. 
no problem at all. Um, and I mean, you're a bit of a specialist, obviously, at, at winning uh, these things because like a few years, and this is what I mean about multi-talented. I mean, most of us are just happy to have one of one skill, you know. Um, I, I was like, just I was just happy I got into acting school, and I was like, there we go, right? Tick box. I've got acting winner. <laughs> not you. No, not at all. You've got to go and win Dancing on Ice. You went and won Dancing on Ice as well. I know. The thing is, you see, if you give me a challenge, I'm like Monica from Friends. I take it extremely oh. seriously and I'm highly competitive. So I end, I like go all in and I'm like, right, come on, got to do this, got to win this. So, yeah, um, dance, gosh, Dancing on Ice. It's just um, something I get asked all the time about. It never, ever leaves you that show the memories that I created I did I was lucky enough to do it twice I did it in 2009 and 2014 and um it it was just honestly one of the best things I've ever done in my life it was incredible it's funny because like both Strictly Come Dancing and Dancing on Ice every like you've got people who've done all of these amazing things in their careers yeah, and they always say the experiences that they have on those shows are one of the best um, in yeah. their life. Because we're so used to, put, you know, we perform on a stage and and we we do TV and and we do live theatre and, and all of that. But I don't know, shows like that are very different. There's, there's, it's the most nerve wracking thing I've ever done in my life. And you know it's live, but you also know there's like 10 million people at home watching as well. And it's a competition. And you don't want to embarrass yourself. So And you're on ice. So. And you're on ice. Ice. <laughs> Honestly. Oh, my word. Um, yeah, I loved every second of it. I mean, I spent a lot of time on my bum. Um, I fell <laughs> over a lot. Uh, and it hurts. And again, the injuries from that I sustained are just crazy. You always end up cracking a rib or breaking a bone or something along those lines but um yeah it's just the memories you make you make you just they're just wonderful you know it's like a once in a lifetime type thing and when when I get asked to do these sorts of shows I I don't know why anybody else why why people say no because it's like a who whenever are you going to get taught by Torvalandine to ice skate ever <laughs> you know like I have to say I've always said um like people have said to me, they they like they would like would you, would you ever do one of those shows? And I'm I'm like strictly come dancing, <laughs> yes, yeah. dancing on ice. I, I just I'm such a bad skater. Like I am awful. I'm one of those people who holds on to the side while a five year old glides past them. It is truly you horrific. Do it. You would be able to do it. They train you so hard and so well. The, the people that are the ones clinging onto the side, you know, it, within two weeks, you're, you're skating around the rink on your own. It's hard work. It wasn't easy, you know, and I wore my bum pads and my knee pads and my elbow pads for three months. But, you know, you, <laughs> I always say with everything in life, you, you get out what you put in. So if you're going to put in the work, you'll, you'll reap the benefits from it, won't you? And that, that's been my work ethic for, for forever, really. So... And it's probably annoying to some people, but I don't care. You know, I'm a crafter. I work hard. And if you give me a challenge or a task, I, I like go in there, you know, like a bull in a china shop. Yeah, but I, I think I think when you look at your career and what you've done and 
it, it just shows that oh, that has paid off. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think there's ever an end to the ladder, you know? I think if you ever climb the ladder of your career and you get to a certain point and go, well, I've reached the top, I, well, you haven't, right? Because there's always... <laughs> There's always a bit more you can do and there's always someone else you can learn from. And I don't think you can ever, especially in our industry, say you've got to the top of where you've done unless you've won 48 BAFTAs and been in, you know, 12 Hollywood movies, which I have not. So, you know, <laughs> I, 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 there's just a, always a long way to climb for me. And I, I'm thrilled with everything I do and, you know, everything I get. But my the question everybody always asks me is when, even my therapist, <laughs> when is enough going to be enough for you, Haley? Is always the question I get asked. Your, your therapist asks you that, look, look, yeah, Haley. Always. Hey. Haley, when is enough enough? You know, when are you going to ask? No, it's not. It's never enough. That's the that's my problem. Enough is never enough. I have to try and top myself all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I've done Dancing on Ice, the next thing I want to do is Strictly because I want to do another one and another one. And, you know, so, yeah, I, I just love it. I love my job. I love I love everything I do. So why would I want to stop, you know? Yeah, but I think well, what's fantastic about that is you have what you have there, and listening to you is an amazing hunger, yeah. Um, which is what you need, but also you're enjoying it. Um, yeah. I think sometimes people, you know, don't. When I've spoken uh, to performers, not not specifically on this podcast, but like in over my career they're not enjoying what they're doing at that moment. And they're so busy thinking about the next thing and the next, and it's like, enjoy what you're doing as well as have that passion to push on for further things. Well, if you're not enjoying the moment you're in, what are you enjoying? Because there's no point (laughs) worrying about what's going to come next year or in five years or whatever. You've just got to enjoy the moment that you're in really. And, you know, I always say to people, if you're unhappy, you you leave or you get out of that situation no matter what it is because like that's life is about happiness isn't it and being happy and creating your own happiness so it, that's something that I'm always striving for with friends and you know especially the younger generation of this industry as well I like to teach I love teaching and I've got such a passion to help the the younger generation of this business do well and succeed because it's so hard it's such a hard business to to come into and it's so daunting and nobody really gave me that you know I didn't have that I I was a I was the kid that knocked on doors I never got it handed on a plate nothing ever was handed on a plate to me so because I I learned the hard way I think it's toughened me up and it's also made me appreciate absolutely everything and so now I, I'm so all for repaying that and helping, you know, the younger generation if somebody needs help with a self-tape or somebody needs advice on agents. Like, that's what I love to do. So I think if yeah. I ever um, stop talking, no, I mean, if I ever <laughs> um, changed career path slightly, it will be eventually that, that that's what I'll do. I want to I teach, you know, I want to help 16 to 19-year-olds break into this business oh yeah well i mean that's brilliant in it uh, in itself um that that is uh, something that you do do you actually have like teaching courses or do you do specific modules uh at the moment i taught i took all of my exams um all of my teaching exams um at lanes i i took my lambda exams you know so i could be a teacher but 
these days, nobody gives a toss whether you've got your Lambda qualification. <laughs> no, you don't walk into an ITV drama and audition for a, a series regular and they go, now, have you got your Lambda exams? <laughs> they don't do, they, that's not what they want to know. What they want to know is, do you know anything about the studio space? Where's your mark on the floor? Do you know, you know how to learn your lines? Do you know things about scripts, how to do a self-tape, how to um, interact with people in an audition room and you know, things like that. So, yeah, they're, they're the things that need to be taught. And I don't think they are being taught enough in drama. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I think definitely you're right. I think at times the teaching is that little bit behind the industry because it's very hard uh, unless you're completely involved in the industry to know where it's at and where it's going yeah. because self-taping is it's increasing all the time isn't it and also yeah. what you're meant to do in your self-tape the things that you're meant to have and yeah. do right all of um, that how to email an agent how to email a casting director how to write yeah. an email for starters you know I, I had one girl come to me with um and you know when I say one girl it's these are just like friends of mine and, and younger cast members of musicals I've been in where I've helped them with things and They've shown me an email that's like a whole page long of <laughs> I've done this and this and this. I said, you don't need to tell them you've done all that because that's on your CV. So you just got to write in three little sentences. You know, it's just little things like that that people don't know or understand how to do. And that's what I want to help with. And those are things that are not taught in in schools, in uh, colleges, I don't think. No, I think I think you're a hundred percent. I think you're right, and I think that's great when schools do bring back uh, professionally. You know, people who graduated from their school, they bring them back, and the students uh, get to hear from professionals in the industry exactly yeah. like a very important, simple things like you say, an email yeah. to an agent. Uh, and knowing that agents don't have any time to read an essay, no, no. matter how good your essay is, you may you may have the most wonderful like language. Yeah. But in fact, all they want to know is this is my name. This is what I'm in. Come see me. Yeah. And there's and here's my CV link. That's yeah. it. Done. Yeah, I know. It's um. Yeah, I love it. I I do. I just love. I love helping people like that in this industry I, I love it so yeah I'm gonna hopefully do some more of that I was during lockdown going to set myself up um with doing some private classes and things online which I might get round to doing it's just I have a baby now and he takes up all of my time and also people with podcasts these idiots that get in touch with you asking me to do these podcasts <laughs> <laughs> no I love it you know because I get to yeah. chat and we get to talk about things like this and you know it's beneficial well if it helps one person that's enough for me you know yeah but at the same time we want to talk more about you. Sure. Um, we're going to be a bit more, bit more selfish and talk about you now. Um, oh, so well, as yeah. much, oh, yeah. um, obviously, it's fantastic that you want to help other people, but um, <laughs> to achieve the things that you've done, such as let's go your th- go, go into the theatre world, okay? Because um, some of the shows you, I mean, you have done some iconic shows you've done like chicago and spam a lot i mean it's the variety as well because spam a lot is pure comedy with chicago classic musical and rocky horror show as well mm. um but recently um you did a show that i've i've actually uh seen but i saw in sheffield i saw that when it was originally 
starting out, uh, which was everybody's talking about Jamie. Yeah, um, what an amazing show. Um, how was how was that for you? Uh, tell us a bit about the show and the character that you were playing. Um, I played Miss Hedge, the school teacher, um, and the show is based around a um, a young sixteen year sixteen year old. Yep, who wants to go to his school prom wearing a dress, and that's yeah. the basis of the show. And what and this is and it was a true story, was it? It was a BBC Three documentary, is where yeah. it yeah it started, wasn't it? Yeah, and um. It's it's a it's such a wonderful wonderful story, and it's it's his journey. It's Jamie's journey. How he deals with the bullies at school. How he deals with his teacher, Miss Hedge, who you know she does just doesn't understand him. Um, and it and it is just a such a brilliant musical. You laugh, you cry, and the story is it, it was it, yeah so well written as well. And the songs, oh my word, well, you will have seen the show, so you know. But the songs written by Dan Gillespie Sells, um, are just so... Of the feeling. The, the feeling, yes. I was, about, I was like, I remember when I was going to, I was like, wait a minute, I've, I'm sure I listened to these guys when I was at college. Yeah, yeah. You can hear um, one song and remember it. That's how amazing they are. You know, they're so memorable. And yes. I, loved, I loved that show. I was, um, I was meant to stay on in that show. They asked me to, to stay and... <laughs> I had to tell them that I couldn't and I and I couldn't tell them why and they were saying well why why don't you want to stay what, did we do something wrong have we has somebody upset you I said no I just it's time for me to leave well, I couldn't bloody tell them I was pregnant but I, I oh, really I, yeah so um, my first my, I, I did four I did six months and for four of those months I was pregnant um and I couldn't tell them for for the first couple of months because you know you don't do you when you're pregnant, and um, and then when I could tell them, they were like, oh, so this is why you can't stay. <laughs> I said yes, because <laughs> if I wasn't pregnant, I would definitely be staying, because it was oh. a wonderful show. Um, but yeah, I I played that role four months pregnant, dancing on tabletops. Um, and I was growing by the day as well. So my clothes were expanding and had to put elastic waistbands in all my trousers. <laughs> um, and, and it was good. You know, the timing was right because I, I uh, four months pregnant, I, I was actually showing quite a lot and I couldn't have done the show any anymore, really. So, yeah, it was all good. And that's the last musical I did because then I had my little Jasper. Yes, I noticed that and you've obviously done some absolute classics um, over the years, uh, but I noticed that that was, yes, the last one that you'd done, and I'd, and I'd been to see it, and it's such a huge West End success. that It's, got, it's basically, the journey of it is amazing. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, the full journey was, it was a BBC Three documentary about a little uh, a lad called Jamie, 16, uh, who wanted to wear a dress to prom, be, uh, like wanted to be a drag queen. And then it, it, I think it got workshopped up in Sheffield. And then the show went on in Sheffield and then transferred down to the West End. And now it's going to be a film as yeah. well. Yeah. So not bad at all. No. Um, it's an iconic show and it's done so well. I was glad to be a little part of it, really was. Well, I think it's got it's got everything. It's got an amazing story. There's a lot of really important issues that needed to be t- like need to be talked about um, oh, in it. 
and fantastic songs as well. So mm-hmm. it, it it has everything. So it's not a surprise the success of it. Um, apart from everybody's talking about Jamie, um, what would you say was like one of the other shows that you just absolutely loved? Uh, doing on stage uh, all of them <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I, uh, it's so hard to choose go on if you had to pick one that you would put above the rest like yeah the, like everyone in the cast was just bet they were better people than everyone else <laughs> like you know like the director oh. was better which one would you pick oh, it's just such a hard question uh, listen there's there's two shows <laughs> that will always stick in my mind and 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 stay with me is um one is Chicago because I'd wanted to play that part since I saw Ruthie Henschel do it when I was 16 years old and I saw her on stage in the West End and I was just 16 and and just thought that's that's it that's it that's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna be in this that was after I'd also said I'm gonna be in Cats and Starlight Express um but, (laughs) but I definitely knew (laughs) <laughs> out of the three I'll get I'll do this at some point um and yeah so that that was a dream role and um and then I played Millie Dillmount in uh Thoroughly Modern Millie oh um, of course yes and that show wow I it just didn't get the recognition it deserved and sadly got pulled off too, way too early um and the cast of that show were just phenomenal. And that role is the most demanding part I've ever played. And I struggle a lot with, uh, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I struggle a lot with my confidence when I'm singing. Um, right. It's way more than anything else, like acting or anything. But for some reason, and I don't know what it is, maybe it's that voice injury I had all those years ago, I've always struggled with my confidence when I'm singing. And when I got offered this part, I could not believe it. And I think it's the first time I've kind of gone, oh, you you actually are all right. <laughs> you, you're not bad, actually. And you can hit those notes if you put your mind to it. And, and you know, you've got this part, so people must have faith in you and trust you. And I still struggle a lot with that, with singing, which is just mental because I'm well, the biggest like advocate of telling other people to believe in yourself and yeah. you know and all that and I, I'm forever telling people that but when it comes to singing and me I have to really tell myself that on a daily basis when I'm working so um yeah that that one show was the biggest role I've ever played it was huge I was never off the stage ever and I had about bloody 12 costume changes in 10 minutes and <laughs> you know um and I just thrived off it i loved every single second of it yeah well that's brilliant that you were able to to really enjoy and like you say i mean that i think um sometimes people don't realize that these people that they see like obviously like i say i watched you uh, today i watched you on (laughs) youtube today do lulu and the confidence and this amazing voice came out and look lulu the legend herself said you've got an amazing voice so (laughs) Take that with some confidence, whichever show it was on, Michael Parkinson or Graham Norton, whoever it was. But I think a lot of the time people find it hard to believe that there is a little bit of self-doubt. on, um, And especially though singing, I think, is the most exposing of, of, of all like the art forms to do. Singing is a very, very difficult. Because if there's one little, if one little thing goes wrong, 
it's it's very very obvious. I think sometimes with acting you can you can kind of get away with it. You can blag around it or something. If your voice has a little sort of blip, then it, everyone it's, knows. But, but but with yeah, singing it's very exposing. Yeah, yeah, um, it is, and you know, I'm um, I'm just. I, I sometimes I, I have to kind of pinch myself that I that I've played those roles. I just do. I I, I always will. It's never. I've, it's something I've never taken for granted. The the singing parts. The you know. It's just. Um, I had all my posters in a box when I moved into the uh, apartment I'm in now. I've had them in a box. Like you collect your stuff don't you as you do musicals I collect programs and posters of things I've been in and they were all in a box and my fiance found the box and said what are all these and I said oh they're posters of all the shows I've been in and he went in a box what in a box and I said well they're a keepsake anyway I came home one night and he had them all framed and they were all on the wall and so I've now got one of those really embarrassing staging walls (laughs) which I've never had until recently where he's like I'm sorry but I'm way too proud of you to have these in a box and you should be proud of yourself so they're going on a wall no well I mean that is lovely I mean we all do it we all like you say we all put it in a box up in the attic in a corner um like to look back at every once a year sort of like all the memories you think to yourself why are they in a box you know what I'm really proud of everything I've done and you know, it's not that I'm being like blow my own trumpet or anything, because that's the last thing I ever do. But actually, when I look at the wall now, and I and I can show my little boy, and we always he always stops and points now, which is really cute. You know, I think, yeah, that's your mummy, and she once did get her legs round her neck. You know, she could <laughs> do the splits at one time. She might not be able to do it now, but <laughs> no. she once could get a leg in the air like that. So yeah, show it off. <laughs> It's, that's not photoshopped. I really did do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but that's lovely. That is really nice. And I think sometimes it is. It's weird this industry that like it's sort of an industry in which it's perceived to be show offs. In fact, we like hide it all away when we we get home, sort of thing, and go, oh no, 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 like, yeah. put, like you know, when it should be. You've you've done amazing things, and that's why on this podcast I like to get people on to go. You know what? You've done fantastic stuff, and and be proud of it. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Um, but on that. Um, what what I also like to talk about when people are on this podcast is uh, moments on stage uh, where it doesn't exactly go smoothly. Like it goes maybe just a little bit tits up. How um, have you got? <laughs> <laughs> is there is there um? It, is there any sort of specific stories you can remember or things that have happened that oh, have gone a bit wrong so for you? I need to lay down while I tell you all these. <laughs> Right. Okay. The the one that always springs to mind because it it oh gosh. So when I was in Chicago, if you've if anyone listening has not seen the show, um, the the cast actually all sit on stage. So all of the ensemble members they sit on stage for a lot of the time on a, on chairs um, until it's their turn to to kind of come up and do something. So um, during. Uh, <laughs> there was two moments, two separate moments. One was during uh, the title song, Roxy, in which I play the role of Roxy. <laughs> yeah. 
where I sang, the name on everybody's lips is gonna be Roxy. And then I forgot my words. <laughs> oh, no. So I did. A Roxy. And that's all I did for the oh. whole verse. <laughs> that's all I did. Like I was in some show, cabaret show or something. And the, the the dancers behind me were crying and all I could hear was them laughing so which then made me laugh and um in the end I just stopped and danced and just stopped oh that's nice you just did a little dance I just danced because I could there was just nothing gonna come out of my mouth I was laughing so hard just um, dance out of it dance out of I it I just danced so that was one um moment uh I've, 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 on that what I love is the fact that People sometimes forget their words, but in things that the audience wouldn't know that they've forgotten the words. On that one, it's such an iconic song and like yeah. moment that that whole audience was just like, she's gone. She's completely she's lost. I forget words all the time to things, and I don't know what it is. Like sometimes my brain just thinks about sausages or something, and I've forgotten the words completely. And it's <laughs> happened in every single musical I've ever done. It's happened. <laughs> And why, why, why sausages? Why what's Because that's what I was thinking of there in during the <laughs> moment. I was thinking about what I might have for breakfast the next day and what I had in the fridge just before I started singing that song. And I thought, oh, I've got some sausages. And that was that was it. So it's all I was thinking of. That's another <laughs> wonderful insight to, to the <laughs> <laughs> it's a massive show there, like you know, these wonderful performers, huge audience, and you've got Roxy in front of you, and she's thinking of sausages in the morning. That's what, you know, nice little sausage bap. Oh God, it happens all the time, all the time. I love the fact that your brain goes away on a tangent like that. I mean, look, we've all been there, but. I just love that it was sausages for breakfast. When I was doing Jamie, um, the the whole of Jamie is set to an underscore of music. So everything is to a beat. It's wonderful. It's very clever. And my solo um, that I have is set to a, a, a beat straight away. So if you miss the beat and come in on a different beat <laughs> you mm-hmm. are you are not only out of time with the band but there's also a click track so the band are playing to the click track and the dancers are dancing to the beat <laughs> and you know what's coming don't you i started singing a beat after the music started <laughs> so i was syncopating myself i was always one beat out of sync and the dancers were all trying to put me back in time with the song. <laughs> and I was completely out of rhythm. It was absolutely horrendous to the point where the band stopped playing. They turned the click track off. I stopped singing, which felt like forever, but it was probably for about three seconds. And then we all picked up together on the second verse of the song. But, oh, my God. Oh, I mean, wow. t- talk about it. Everybody, again, They all, everyone just was laughing at me. Just laughing. Oh. Well, at least everyone's laughing at you, you know. I mean, it's not, it's not as if they're raging, but I do like the idea of this is like you know, West End show, and uh, there's dancers that like, you know, singing, there's a band, and they just go, you know what, we've, we've tried, we were hoping she'd get back in time, but she's clearly not. Clearly, Dave, Dave, oi, so, stop playing the cello. 
was you know, it. It was like you, you know, could hear, you could hear the trumpet like that, and everybody just one at a time just kind of just stopped for a second. That's it. Put down the violin and off of the tapping. Yeah. <laughs> like that's it. Haley, Haley, shut up. Yeah. We're going to start again for you. Yeah, Here it come. It. I'm surprised they didn't actually do that. The conductor just didn't wave his stick or something. But yeah. you know, I think people think that nothing ever goes wrong, but you know, everything, a lot of the time things go wrong in musicals and some of them are brilliantly funny. Um, I mean, one time, here's another one, in Chicago. Oh, you're, you're on a run now, this uh, one. So in Chicago, Sam Bailey, who was playing Mama, forgot to yes. come on stage. She missed her cue, right? <laughs> yeah. She, she missed her cue. So she didn't come on stage, which left the girl playing Velma, Sophie Carmen Jones, on stage on her own without anybody to, to, to talk to. So I have a quick change at this point. I I realise that Sam Bailey isn't on stage and Velma is talking a load of nonsense right now because she's got no one to have a conversation with. So I think I've got to get on and help her. So I legged it and didn't realise I had one tit out. So I run on stage and, and Sophie looks at me. I've, I've got one boob out of my God. Oh, my God. Not fully at, like there was a bit of like you know material underneath but like I was meant to have like this nightshirt on where I've only put one strap on so one boob is out and one strap's off well I mean you again you can imagine can't you the laughter it's well you know I mean it's going to take the pressure off of her there's no doubt about that I mean um, terrifying. it definitely would have distracted the audience yes yeah, one boob out, ran on. She she's got someone to talk to, but I've got a tit out. So, you know. Anyway, it was fun, it was fun for everyone. <laughs> well, I, d- I have to say that one I've definitely not heard so far on this podcast when I've asked the question. Did anything go wrong on stage? Yeah, I had a tit out. I just didn't realise. I didn't. You know that. You know that when you just don't realise you've got your boob out. Yeah. That's it. I I know that feeling. <laughs> Oh man. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit scared for this next question. Then, I mean, if that's if that's the things that have gone wrong on stage, um, the other thing I always like to know is, um, what would you, what's your worst addition that you've ever done? Addition. Yeah, your worst worst addition. Oh, audition! Sorry, it's your Scottish accent. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's brutal. <laughs> Is he saying addition like an this is this is this is the last time you get on this podcast after that. I, love, I love your Scottish accent, but I did think you said addition, you know, like an adding something to something. All right. What's the worst what's the worst piece of maths that you have ever done? Because that's what I always want to know. <laughs> I was thinking, why what does he mean by addition? <laughs> I heard you were on uh, Celebrity Countdown once and you were terrible. So please, please do tell me. Well, I'm awful at maths. But apart from that, my my worst audition. Oh, God, there's been a few of these as well, to be fair. Okay, in one of the worst auditions, I did sing Puff the Magic Dragon to Cameron McIntosh um, when I did an audition for him and a panel of people. I was 19 and and I had one song prepared, but they asked me to sing something else. And when I opened my file, I had Puff the Magic Dragon. And so I said, I've got this. And I sang (laughs) Puff the Magic Dragon in an audition. Um, Safe to say, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Um, But yeah, that that wasn't good. 
What else? I mean, how is that? I love that that's your second song. I wish you'd gone on X Factor. <laughs> you know, with that big moment where they're just like, stop, stop there, stop there. Um, I'm not happy with uh, Beyonce Halo. Um, could you, could you, could you do your second song? Yeah, I've got Puff the Magic Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh, I tell you another. Here's another. Oh, here she goes. Uh, here she goes. West Side Story. I auditioned for West Side Story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in, the, in, the, in in one of the routines in West Side Story, that all the the girls do this big kind of layout kick for anyone that doesn't know what that is it's um you kick your leg out in front of you and you lay your back backwards at the same time so you kind of look like a flat tabletop it's a move I've never really been great at to be fair um is, can I just that like, <laughs> is this the move that they all do in RuPaul have you seen RuPaul's Drag Race? Yeah, a little bit like that, and then they all drop to the floor, don't they? But that's it. They kick out a leg and fall flat back onto the floor. Yeah, but don't fall on the floor. Just kick your leg up and lay back with your back at the same time. Right. Um, so you do that, and we're all in an audition room on stage. There probably was about 50 of us, all in stiletto um, character shoes. And I, I did my layout thing, and the girl behind me, was a count out or maybe I was a count out thinking about it I tend to be you know, I mean looking at this podcast so far I'm probably putting my money on you being that beat out so maybe it was me but I did my layout and then she did hers and her leg was in the air above my head and she brought her leg down and smashed it into my face oh. and, and and knocked me out so um I was, I was laid on the floor and and I'd like this heel print of her heel in my head um and I yeah she concussed me so that was fun I didn't get that one either um <laughs> you didn't but you did get concussion you did go A and E yeah, got, got concussion from from uh, from a West Side Story audition but these ones are the ones that are not meant to be you know so that's the way I look at it I have to say you've been like the most battered performer I've had on the show. <laughs> um, you know, so far, like, you know, a broken back, a hole in the throat, and now you've got a heel print in your forehead. Um, yeah. Definitely the most brutalised performer. I am um, quite clumsy, though, you know. I always have been known to be quite clumsy. I always, like, get injured from turning a tap on or something. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And just from turning on a tap, <laughs> it must be a dangerous life living with you. I know it is a bit. I need help <laughs> all the time. Right. Okay. Well, after after those, I mean that that's amazing. They're they're brilliant stories. So thanks. Uh, oh no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, thank you. Um. What's let's, let's, I'm enjoying let's have a little look at your TV career. Would you say uh, Emmerdale was kind of uh, when you really sort of burst on the scene, that was a bit of a career-defining moment for you? Yeah, I um, I was doing a musical called A Chorus Line um, in 2004 at the Sheffield Crucible. Actually, that's another show I should have mentioned that was a standout show for me. Um yeah, that was a huge standout show, actually. And, and also the turning point in my career, because it was that show where I had, I played the role of Morales. Um, 
And it was such a big role. I thought, right, now is my time to write to all the TV agents because I wanted to do TV for such a long time. Yeah. In those days, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s, it was so hard to cross over from theatre to telly. Um, And I invited some uh, agents to come. And on one of the nights, the casting director from Emmerdale was in the audience. And I, I didn't know, actually, that she was in. Um, but one of the TV agents took me on. Um, I'll never forget her, Elizabeth Stocking at Narrow Road. Um, and she, you know, she changed everything for me. So um, she came one night, took me on. And within the following six months, I'd got a role, a regular role in Emmerdale. And she said, oh, by the way, the, the casting director from Emmerdale was in the audience of Chorus Line. And so she knows you already. She's seen your work. And I just a small world isn't it you know um yeah and yeah and I, and I did five auditions for Emmerdale um all all different stages of 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 casting processes and eventually you get to do a screen test because it was such a big part um and you do your screen test and and I and I got it and it was literally overnight life-changing it was everything I'd wanted but also I didn't really know what was about to hit me. So it was also everything I didn't want as well. Along yeah. along with the fame, as you want to call it, you know, came the, the downside to all of that, which was my face was everywhere. And, I, and I, again, I'd only ever wanted to be famous as a kid. That's it. I just wanted to be famous for doing what I did. And, and then it happened and I was like, oh my God, now people know who I am. They, they follow me everywhere. They're horrible to me. You know, I didn't want to leave the house. I got anxiety. I didn't want to go out on a weekend because weekends were the busiest, you know, I, and I got a bit terrified of it all. It was all quite daunting and scary. Um, and so, yeah, it, as much as it was the best thing in the world that ever happened to me in my career, it was all, it was also pretty, pretty scary at the time. Yeah. Well, I think um, the thing with those shows is they are such national treasures. Yeah. Um, and everyone knows all the characters, all the people, and they feel like as soon as you're out in the street, they can come up and talk to you and everything. Yeah. And also you're on every magazine and you're that on... It. Yeah. It was the magazines uh, and the newspapers and things like that to start with because they push your character so much and you're in all of the papers and everything. And it it was that that was like, oh, my God, you, it, it's crazy. It's really crazy. Yeah, I know a lot of friends who've um, been been in soaps and, and it's a huge shift from no one knowing you and you're just working away being an actor to being this person who's on all of these magazines who goes on This Morning or Lorraine or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and because of that, the general public just suddenly knows you. Um, the, the, the best thing that happened was that I did other stuff where people knew Hayley rather than shouting out my character name all the time which is what I used to get a lot oi del dingle oi such a dingle you know I used to get all these awful things shouted out at me but then when I did things like the the soap star stuff and dancing on ice and whatever whatever people then started saying are you Hayley are you Hayley Tamadin and I, and I thought oh my god that's nice people are asking uh, right. about, my, about me and I you know Saying, oh, you're you're Haley, and knowing my name and things, and that's that's just lovely, you know. And the older you get, the the more you easier you, it becomes to deal with a little bit, you know. I was, I think, I was just, I thought I was ready for it, but I was a little bit naive to it, you know. 
And well, yeah, no, I mean, well, obviously, I mean, you went into Coronation Street um, as yeah. well. Um, and was that was that a much different experience then for you? It was, actually. I think because I was older and I'd done a lot of other stuff between um, Emmerdale and Corrie. And also, um, I think, yeah, my, my mindset was completely different. I was in a completely different place in in Haley as well do you know what I mean I was I was older I was more grown up and I um I dealt with it a lot better so yeah it, it was it was different I, I still get shy if I'm on my own um it, it's I think it's just there are some wonderful people out there that will come over and say would you mind if I had a picture or um are you Haley Tamadon yeah do you mind would you mind signing this that's love you know I love all gosh these people are the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing you know but it's the people that take photos of you whilst you're not looking maybe whilst you're um eating your dinner or you're asleep on a train and somebody's stuck a a camera in your face or you know and or the people that follow you around around a park while you're walking your baby which I had a couple of weeks ago followed by a group of lads that so intimidating that just follow you to 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 shout your name out or things like that it's it's those things that I'm terrified of in a way Um, yeah but yeah I again you know without without the public's kind of response to the characters I've done on telly or or me doing musicals or just me you know dancing on ice or whatever I, I kind of wouldn't be where I am so yeah it's um it's hit and miss sometimes you know <laughs> just did. yeah well that that's exactly it and I, and I think uh, like you said I did actually have some messages sort of um sent in when I posted that I was uh, having a little chat with you just saying like ignore the trolls uh we uh-huh. love you um, so there was so yeah, there were some lovely um messages uh, coming in you always get um, trolls on internet uh, on um social media because they can hide behind their keyboard and 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 vent their anger you know out on other people and they they don't care who they hurt or or why they hurt people but it's um it has got to stop and change it really has yeah it's i mean it's just it's horrible it's, and also in um uh, this sort of lockdown period i know a lot of people um have have gone off like like twitter and and stuff like that yeah, because yeah. they've not been able to uh, yeah, there's, um, there's there's a lot of people who have had a little twitter break and even even i've backed off it a hell of a lot um just because i you know you just get one person has to just say something awful and it and it can ruin your day you know and actually i just think is it worth it especially at the moment you know people's mental health are really suffering currently in the crisis that we're all going through and everybody's got a story and those keyboard warriors just i think sometimes they're the ones that need a cuddle (laughs) (laughs) I, i sometimes you have to pity them and I think it's because they've not been shown enough love. And so that's what I tell other people, you know. I'm always, I'm about killing people with kindness. I, you, you just have to. That's the only way I can do things. I, it, it, Yeah, that's it. I could talk about this all day, but yeah. <laughs> do you know what, though, listening, listening, well, your experience in Emmerdale, obviously you were, you were a lot younger. Um, and I think it's great. Um, I've heard in other interviews as well. You talk about how much you loved Coronation Street, yeah. um, and that um, that experience was a lot better for you. Different times, different different 
yeah, I mean, I, I, oh, yeah, I don't think it's the programs. I don't... No, no, I, no, I know. Yeah. I just, I it was the wool pack. I'm sorry, but I hated it. <laughs> I loved, I loved Emmerdale so much, and I owe everything to them. I think um, when I was uh, 16, I had a summer job working at the indoor uh, Coronation Street set in Blackpool, um, and I, I was a tour guide for Corrie. And, and I always remember saying to my mom, I'll be in this one day. One day I'll be in this. I was only 16, 17. And I kind of did a full circle, you know. I kind of, I trained as a Corrie tour guide and then I ended up in Coronation Street. And I always, always wanted to be in either Emmerdale or Corrie and I got to do both. I mean, it's, you know, I'm a very lucky girl. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the the national institutions... Um, and I know that my mother is going to be listening to this because she's a huge Coronation Street fan. Hello. I meant to actually say, um, anyone listening to this, screen test, um, you said that you had a screen test, so obviously a lot of people, um, unless they're performers and have had that specifically, won't know uh, what that is. But that's when you, like, um, I had one for Coronation Street myself, and you sort of you go on the street. I mean, I, I did it, I did my audition uh, in the Rover's return. Me too. Uh, did you? Yeah. Oh, well. Well, you got yours and I did not yeah. get mine. <laughs> in my face. There you go. Thanks. Thanks for that, Haley. Sorry. <laughs> um, but that, that's what the screen test means. Screen test means you go right onto the set um, yeah. and to see if your face matches the pub. Clearly yours did. Mine did not. Um, but I did come back later on for a little cameo, um, actually. Uh, with the, good. I was a little counsellor for Gail Platt and Les Dennis. Um, <laughs> Amazing. When were you, were you in it when I was in it? Uh, 20... Oh, do you know what? I may have been. I think uh, you were. 2014. Yeah, you were. Oh, would you, wouldn't you believe it? We were pretty much on set at the same time. We've just found out now. I bet we were, and I bet we were there at the same time. Oh, I was yeah. I was doing a lot of stuff with Les during that uh, storyline, so I bet you any money we were. It was it, it was his first day. I remember because I remember I was speaking to him and, I, and like I thought, well, he's a regular sort of thing, and he was quite nervous. And he said to me, he goes, oh. Because it's my first day, and I was like, "Oh, right." Because I had that feeling of him not—he didn't really know his way about. Right. Thought, That's a bit weird for because normally you go on as a guest. Yeah. And everyone's like, "Oh, through here for the canteen down there." And I was thinking, "He's not—he's not helping me out here at all." Oh. Come on, Les. I thought like I thought you seemed like a really nice guy, uh, but it was oh, just because he didn't know where anything was. <laughs> so. Bless him. Oh, I love Les. I do love Les. <laughs> he's another. He's another national institution. He's done so many things. Like you know, uh, he's such a good bloke. We had a giggle together. We really did. We laughed a lot. I do actually. I've got another question. I've got a question here from Instagram from Amanda Wortley, and um, she was wondering, would you ever go back to Emmerdale? Yeah, in a heartbeat. Of course. Yeah, it's um, it's where I started. You know, um. Yeah, they could do with another dingle, couldn't they? <laughs> um, I'm guessing that um, I'm on Coronation Street. Um... Yeah, yeah, always. You know, to... the thing is, I don't, I don't think you could ask me about any show that I wouldn't say I'd go back to. Any that I've done, I think I'd always go back because, well, because they're amazing. So yeah. 
And well, you know, that's when you know you've had a really good career. If you, if there's nothing that you wouldn't go back to, because most most performers I've spoken to have definitely had horror shows and horror experiences. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I think I don't know whether I've ever had a a hot, an ex- bad experience with anything. You you have bad times, don't you? You know, and there's there's been of course, yeah. where you know you've had bad times and stuff. But gosh, no, just I I'd go back and do all of it again if I could, if I could, because those legs they just don't go up there much anymore. But. <laughs> probably still belt out a few tunes <laughs> yeah and, and you'd probably go back and maybe you know tuck away your boob on that show and then that other show you would come in on the beat um, yeah. and like you know uh and, and also maybe just remember the words yeah uh, for roxy you know go back and correct all the mistakes of the shows you've been in that that would be it um well, the final sort of, I suppose we, we pray, we've we talked about everything, but the final little thing I did want to ask you about uh, is is the film Eaten by Lions. I saw that you, that was just last year that came yeah. out. Wow. Um, yeah. My first film in a cinema, I always wanted to tick that one off the list. Um, and uh, I, I, could, I can't believe what started out as just doing a low-budget feature film ended up in the cinemas and is now on Sky Movies, <laughs> you know? But, it, but that, yeah, well, tell, tell us a bit about it. Tell us, tell us about I the film. I wasn't to be in it. Um, I, I didn't have an audition. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the drive and hunger. I wasn't meant to be in it. They didn't even want but I forced myself in front of the camera. I didn't even get, I, I didn't get an audition to start with because um, the I thought that the parts that were available were for um, roles of um, I thought they wanted an Indian lady for for the role I was playing, and so when my agent rang and said um, they want to see you for the role of Sarah for this film called Eaten by Lions, and you told me the story and blah blah, and I said I said that's an Indian role. I said I can't I can't go for that, and I wouldn't go for that, you know, um, because I'm Persian. I should have probably told you that. Uh, I'm Persian. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know for a lot of people this is audio, so like you know, but uh, like you know, I I did know that, but for other people, then yes, that's good clarity there. Do you see how what it's like when I miss bits out? This is why I'm like what I am. Um, so yes, I am Persian, but I'm not Indian, and so to go for an Indian role, um, I I didn't feel comfortable doing that. And he said, no, 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 the director wants to see you. So I thought, well, okay, I'll go. You know, so I went for the audition and. Walked in the room, and the first thing I said was, "You do know I'm not Indian." <laughs> so I thought I don't want to be seen to be doing the wrong thing here. And he said, "No, no, no I, I don't want an Indian um, uh, girl for the role. I, I, I heard you were Persian." I said, "I am Persian." And he said, "I'd like a Persian girl for the role." And I went, "Well, then I'm your girl." <laughs> yeah, fantastic. That's it. Here we go. You just need to see me and give me the part. That's it. So I'll um, do it. I, yeah, I uh, I read, I did some improvisation for him and he offered it me there and then, which, I, you know, is very, very lucky. Um, and I said, I'll just go away and talk to my agent about it. That's <laughs> um, amazing. Well, that was the professional thing to do. But um, yeah, I, I accepted the job and I I became the role of, uh, the mo- I played the mother, Sarah. And it wasn't a big role. It was a, a small cameo role. Um in what turned out to be an absolutely brilliant, funny film, um, filmed in my hometown of Blackpool. So, you know, I couldn't have asked for anything more. And 
I loved every bit of it. And it was, do you know what was nice? Just to actually play a role where I could just be me. I could just be Persian, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because um, nobody ever asks for Persian girls in anything, um, <laughs> in any auditions that ever come up, that nobody ever specifically says Persian, you know. So uh, <laughs> recently I thought I, I would uh, try my hand at writing a sitcom, which I've written during lockdown. Or I've oh, brilliant. Oh, for myself, who's Persian? <laughs> well, do you know, that that is the way, though. Like, so, I mean, I, for me, when I first came out of drama school, I was doing loads of serious parts. And I love I love drama and everything, but I, I really have a passion for comedy. In the end, I was just like, right, I am writing me some comedy and I'll perform it. Well, <laughs> like, well, you know. you've, you've been in the show that I wanted to be in. Oh, what the the play that goes wrong? Mm-hmm. I would. Have <laughs> you, you said that like accusingly. It was like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And who would who would you have wanted to? Play? I've got a funny feeling who you may have wanted to play in it. Well, I've seen I've seen nearly all of them because I'm I'm a bit of an addict to those shows. I think they're wonderful. Um, ah, right. Um, yes, I, I feel as though you would you would have wanted to be Annie in it. Um, I think in the play that goes wrong. Yeah, remind me of of what of what she does. A bit. Annie's the stage manager who suddenly yeah. decides she wants that, to be an actress. Who I want to, that's who I want would want to be. Yes, yeah, it's a brilliant comedy role. Yeah, um, I love comedy like you. I absolutely love it. What were we talking about, by the way? Before we just talk about- <laughs> we're talking oh, about yeah. your film. Um, I'm writing. Yes, um, yeah. So there you go. Well, the film was amazing. I'm writing a sitcom. <laughs> I am Persian, and I would love to be in the play that goes wrong. There we go. I know. I was just like that. I was like, you're really selling yourself at the end of this podcast, aren't you? Just <laughs> I'm auditioning for the play that goes wrong. That's yeah, no. <laughs> mischief. Th- I'll I'll tag mischief theatre into this. Don't 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 you worry. <laughs> Okay, Haley Tamadin, that is Last Orders, okay? Yeah. So, what we're going to do, we're going to do some quick fire questions so we can go and get ourselves one final drink. I'll get myself a nice alcoholic pint and you can get a non-alcoholic G&T. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Now, remember, this is quick fire, so gut okay. reactions, be honest. Okay. Here we go. First up, do you have a hidden talent? <laughs> I can't tell you what that is. Oh, really? No. Oh, no, come no, on. No, no, uh, no. Right, let's be serious. Okay. Um, so you've got a hidden talent that there is no way you can air on this podcast, is what you're telling me. Absolutely not. I, no, no, no. <laughs> Okay, ask me the question again. <laughs> oh, right, I might just keep that in because you never said anything. So, um, do you have a hidden talent? Um, I can play the drums a bit. I can't really play them at all. I can play them a little bit. Is that hidden? Uh, it doesn't sound like a talent. <laughs> I mean, it's that well <laughs> hidden because you're just rubbish. It's not like you know. I can horse ride. No one knows that about me. I can horse ride. Well, I mean, you say that no one knows about it. Um, it, it, You do have highly skilled horse rider on your spotlight CV, so it's not the most hidden talent when you've got it on your CV. It's not quick fire at all, is it? 
Well, it would have been quick fire if we'd stuck with the, like your your first answer. If you'd just been honest, this hidden talent that you can't tell me. I'm, not, you telling you. I'm not telling you. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Right. We've got to speed it up now. Here we go. Go. Guilty pleasure. Chocolate. Cho- chocolate? <laughs> what rubbish guilty pleasure? You said first thing that comes into your gut. What? Not, not the first thing you put in your gut. <laughs> Come on, what's your, what's your what's your guilty pleasure? What what thing that you just wouldn't want people to know that you really like? How many chocolate bars I eat in a day? How many do you eat? At least six. <laughs> at least, and then I have a cornetto in bed at night. That's my treat. <laughs> you have a cornetto in bed and six bars of chocolate. I do eat a lot of chocolate. I do. There's just the single Twixes. I'm a bit addicted at the moment. I think oh, I'm a baby. Absolute sugar fiend. <laughs> yes. Right. Okay. Pet hates. What pet hates? Oh, I've got a load. I've got a lot. Okay. Just um, give us a couple. I just don't like. I don't like bad drive. Bad drivers that don't indicate. You've got to indicate, mate. Just indicate. You know, so we all know where you're going. That's it. Sounded like a. That sounded like a slogan. You got to indicate, mate. <laughs> I don't like um, men with dirty toenails. Clip them. Stop it. Just clip them, okay? It's not nice when they're in sandals. Cut them. Clip them. Um, I don't like men that pick their noses in public. I, I see it a lot and don't like it. Um, do you want me to carry on? Well, we should move on, really, shouldn't we? Because it's meant to be quick. Right? Well, I mean, I mean, I tell you what, if we actually were in a bar, there's not a chance we'd be getting a final drink if it keeps going like this. Okay. Next one. No, really quick. Okay. Bad habit. I don't have any. <laughs> ah, that's such a lie. There was one in your head and you denied to say it. I don't have any bad habits. Go on. What's, what's your bad habit? I'm bossy. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> that's my bad habit. I'm bossy. Okay. I am. I can't help it. It's in my nature. Well, there we go. At least you were honest. I am. Finally. I am. Finally. We're on to question four and you've finally been honest. <laughs> um, who's your favourite actor? I, these, oh, I don't have a favourite actor. I lies. I really, really don't. I don't. <laughs> lies. There's someone in your head. Do you have a favourite actor? I'm asking the questions. It's what, my what, podcast. What, like, uh, what, who's your favourite actor? Like, there's so many good actors. And then I'll yeah, you get someone and everyone will go, oh, she's saying him for. <laughs> I, right. I don't Come know. Come on. I, don't, I honestly don't know. I don't right. know. Give me an idea of some. <laughs> some people would say De Niro, some people, Anthony Hopkins, some Daniel Day-Lewis even. Oh, I do. I know. I know. It's um, Robin Williams. Robin, right. Now, a brilliant answer, see? There we go. It just takes me a bit of time because, you know, there's, there's just a lot of good actors out there. Yeah, I know. It's fantastic. The bar staff have left. Um, <laughs> it's locked up. Like, you know, <laughs> no drinks for us. <laughs> Thank you very much. Who's your favourite actress? Um, I love the... F- I'm just going to say the first one that came into my mind because I absolutely love her. Um, um, <laughs> You've forgotten her name. Do you, um, do you, um, 
Pretty Woman. Oh, uh, Julia Roberts. Yes. Um, Julia Roberts. I love Julia Roberts. There we go. I love her. Okay. <laughs> Who was your idol growing up? Bonnie Langford. Good God. Finally, a quick answer. Well, it's, good. <laughs> it's one I can relate to. <laughs> Bonnie Langford. All right. Always wanted to be her. And here we go, the final one. Thank God. <laughs> final question of this unbelievably slow quick fire round. <laughs> what would you be if you weren't an actress? Slash singer, slash ice skater, slash <laughs> all the numerous things you've done. Can I pick a couple of things? I'd be... uh, pick, pick a couple and then make a decision. <laughs> okay. I'd be a therapist. Oh, was that it? I thought you were going to say both. That was it. Okay. You'd be a therapist. I'd be a therapist. I'd a bossy therapist. Help people. So I'd be a therapist. Um, or I'd I'd do something to do with um animals. Or I'd oh. be, or I'd be an agent or a director. Oh, shut up now. <laughs> I want to do. It's just lots of things I want to do. I'm just going to chop all the rest of them off. Right, therapist done. <laughs> yeah, there you All go. All right. I'm okay, sorry, that I thought I was finally quick fire rounds, but I'm just not. That's the slowest quick I mean God, that was awful. No, awful. Sorry. Uh, well, but that we've got to the end somehow of the quick fire <laughs> round. And uh and sadly, uh, that brings us to the end of the podcast. But just before we finish, yes. um, Hayley, please do tell us is there uh, anything else uh going on in your life coming up? Uh, that you'd like to tell us about? Well, I'm writing a children's book. Um, I'm writing a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so I, what am I, I need, um, I need, these are things I need. If anyone can help, I need uh, someone to publish my children's books. I need an agent to help me publish my children's books. <laughs> I need uh, some nice big TV company, production company to say, hey, your sitcom's really good. We'll have that. That'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? Yeah, no that'd, that'd be really good. Um, and uh, yeah, just those two things, really. Yeah. Okay, so publisher, agent, uh, production yeah. company. Yeah. Yeah, just just those just those things would be just brilliant if they could happen anytime soon. That would be marvelous. But what's but I mean that's that's brilliant. You've been really productive, obviously. Uh, well, in I, I can't sit still. I've got to just keep my brain ticking and doing stuff. And lockdown was just, you know, and really for our industry, it, it still is really really traumatic and disturbing for all of us, really, because we cannot work. So. I had to keep active and, and keep my brain ticking. So I, I love to write and I love comedy. And so I wrote, I wrote, I still write every day. Yeah, I love it. Well, there we go. The final shout out um, to any 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 publishers, producers, agents listening in. Hayley Tamadin um, has has a book, a script, and she she's shouting out to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh fantastic you know what um you've been an absolute star it's been a pleasure having thank you in a performer a paint and a pod thank you for having me hope i've not annoyed uh, you too much <laughs> oh no you've been a pleasure been a pleasure so there we go that was Haley tamadin 
She's had her downs from forgetting her lines in Chicago and singing Puff the Magic Dragon to Catherine McIntosh. But she's also had amazing ups, winning Dancing on Ice, starring numerous huge stage shows and becoming the nation's sweetheart on Emmerdale and Coronation Street. Such a fantastic performer with an array of skills. <laughs> Will we ever know that hidden talent though? I think not. I'll be meeting fantastic performers in the pub over the next few weeks and months with career-defining moments and secrets from behind the scenes. So make sure and don't miss out by subscribing to A Performer, A Pint and A Pod and follow at Performer Pint on socials. I've been your host, Graham Rooney. Thank you for listening. Please do rate and review. I'd love to hear your thoughts, unless, of course, you don't like me, then please do keep them to yourself. And remember, no one likes a stingy mate at the pub. So, share the pod with friends and family. See you next week. <laughs>